Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we've got a two-game slate tonight in the NBA on Thursday night. Nate and I are going to be looking at the Bucks and the Celtics in this one. We are going to be switching up this format a little bit for you guys as we move forward. You're going to see we're going to be putting up a bunch more of the stuff we're talking about here on screen for you guys with some graphics so you can check that out. We're just going to jump right into these games for you as well, not necessarily needing to read all of those lines. Uh, and a few more changes that you'll see coming up that we thought we'd start implementing as we get into the these playoffs we are going to also be reviewing the day uh, the picks before uh from the the night before rather so uh we can start with that right here uh, and just get into a little bit of how we did last night we made a bunch of picks about a couple of different games uh as well as a number of player props we had phoenix minus five that hit uh, we had the, the Grizzlies and uh, the Clippers going over 233 and a half. Nate said, oh, wait, Norman Powell's playing? Yeah, give me the over. Uh, and we promptly hit the over there. LeBron, Nate, Nate correctly called 24 and a half points, went over. Drew, 16 and a half points. I believe he had 17 with 11 minutes uh, into the game. And then he finished with a, a career best, I believe, 51 points last night. Dude went off. Also a great call by Nate on that one. Bagley the third, not a great night. We had him over 24 and a half points and rebounds combined. Did not make that uh, at all or even close um, but that was the only miss on the night going five for six because Nate also correctly called Chris Paul going over 21 and a half points and assists combined so we are looking to stay hot for you guys on this one like I said we're gonna be talking about Boston and Milwaukee uh, in this one so Nate give us a little bit of what we can expect in Boston or excuse me in Milwaukee tonight yeah, it's uh, tough to predict exactly how hard each team's going to be going, right? Uh, I mean, is it is for the number one seed, which, by the way, the the books completely expect Milwaukee to clinch minus two thousand for that to to still be the number one seed here. So it's it's a question of like how much does Boston really want to go for this? Even if they get the win, it's very unlikely that Milwaukee loses enough games. So that's why, I mean, the first thought is I, I like the Bucks. I mean, the Celtics coming off a, a clear trap loss um, in, in Washington. So maybe they were looking ahead to this one. But you haven't seen enough from Boston to think that they can beat a Bucks team that's 26-4 and four in their last 30 games, right? Even with the Bucks on a back-to-back, minus two or two and a half right now at home seems solid. I mean, they're 9-2 and two on back-to-backs this season actually shoot better from three, hitting 16 and a half, actually have better three-point defense, holding opponents to 10 threes at 31%. That is huge. Holding opponents to 109 points per game, which has led to eight and three to the under, uh, which leads me to steer away from from the total, which, uh, is, you know, certainly these teams do go over when they play in the regular season. Uh, they don't go over in the playoffs, though, and that's why you're kind of you know, like, how much is this game going to have a playoff atmosphere? You know, the Celtics... Last season held Tatum out in the equivalent of this game. It seems like they're going to have everybody. It seems like the Bucks are going to have everybody. And, and it's going to be, you know, full balls to the wall here uh, in terms of defensive presence. But, I mean, Rob Williams is on a minutes limit. Grant Williams is dealing with a, an illness that might keep him out. It really just leaves uh, Al Horford to deal with Giannis, who's just on an incredible tear uh, in his last 12 scoring 32 and a half points in 31 minutes per game at, at home. Like just more than it's those, these are Wilt numbers he's putting up. Um, and, and the Bucks, just the pace they play at as well. It leads me to think about, well, I don't, I don't necessarily trust over for the game because of that playoff vibe. And then like, maybe it slows down 
in the fourth quarter. But both these teams are playing incredibly fast in the first. And since the All-Star break, Bucks 106 pace in the first quarter, a 124 offensive rating. Boston 101 and a half pace uh, for the first and a 120 offensive rating. This is compared to like 96, 97 that Boston plays after the entire game. So 60 and a half points for the first quarter is actually what I'm even more confident about than the Bucks winning this game is that, you know, Giannis sets the tone early. The Bucks stay hot from last night when, like you said, uh, you know, Drew drops 17 in a minute in like 10 minutes and, and they score 150 and, and they just stay hot and, and the Celtics come along a little bit as they try to bounce back from their rough showing in Washington. Yeah, that was that was difficult and uh, not unwanted, though, as uh, that really helped the futures bet that we put down right around the All-Star break for Milwaukee to overtake Boston and, and get that one seed. And, and Boston really helped them out with that bad loss. I would say the pace is huge, is, is all, everything in this one. You know, you say the, the, the thing you like first here, you're talking about uh, points in the first quarter. 60 and a half. And, and that definitely has been the case uh, majorly for the Bucks, no matter really, you know, especially when they're playing at home, I should say it doesn't matter. It's not that it doesn't matter where they're playing. They they are much uh, a bit faster at home and playing that well. And that's where a number of their games uh, have been as of, you know, before that, that, that um, road trip that they just came home from, they did have three in a row there and played super fast, uh, dropping about 128 points per game in those three. Granted, it was against some really bad defenses, but I, I don't really know what you want to do with this Boston defense uh, when it plays Milwaukee. I mean, it's been really good in the last roughly like 10 games. And uh, I think you've seen Boston games be a little bit a little bit lower scoring um, than you were seeing at the beginning of the season. Obviously, that's combined with a bit of the, the regression in three-point shooting that they saw over that time as well. Um, but the pace is still there, and, and the defense... While it's good in in a lot of ways with Rob Will back, it's it's much better. Let's just be very clear. It's directly correlated to Rob Will being in there. This is a team that they're going to come up against that can still get its buckets down low more so because it's got at least two or three guys um, that are around the same size as Rob Will that are going to be cr- tumbling at him. But you you always mention Papa Al Horford in these instances as well, um, and obviously he's he, you know he's he's likely to get the start there, and then we'll see you know what happens from there uh, in terms of obviously then Rob Will and, and and Grant Williams would be major blows if they're not there for that down low presence, but probably just adds to that to this being a little bit higher scoring um, and at least in the first quarter I think you can expect them both to come out ripping and roaring even if it is more of a what you would consider a, a playoff atmosphere it still is uh, a march technically right it's the 30th and so there's still the the likelihood that that they're not necessarily playing quite as hard on defense and even if they are they're both just coming out so focused that you can probably expect a bunch of threes to go in early and that's usually the mo between these two teams play at a fast pace get some some pretty good shots from deep uh, and that gets you to that over so I, I mean I'm not scared of the 236 over to be honest with you uh either i think even at home for this bucks team going over it, it feels right because i don't think they're necessarily going to be able to to stop this boston team quite as much on the second leg of a back-to-back uh for milwaukee as well like we talked about and and probably the the likelihood um to go over in, in those situations for them where they've got you know a little bit more of an eye to, for the basket and maybe a little bit less legs uh, on defense to be able to run with this team as well so if boston's going to keep it that fast i like it at that pick but um Let's move on to one more pick that we like for this one. And, and I think that's just the Bucks to cover two and a half at this point uh, in a game where, once again, if Robert Williams the third and, and or Grant Williams don't play, I mean, how much do you think that impacts this? Oh, hugely. And, and it's the question of the Celtics really saving Rob Williams for the playoffs. Because, like, I mean, how much do you care about this game 
if you're not going to be able to catch the Bucks either way. And we saw last year that they just held out Tatum entirely um, when he he could have absolutely played in that game in April against the Bucks. And yeah, I mean, Rob hasn't played just over 20 minutes once since coming back. He's averaging 17 minutes. Uh, he struggled in his last one out there. You know, five points per game, seven rebounds per game. He went scoreless with a negative 14 rating in Washington here. Washington shot 66% inside the arc. Um, and, and that's obviously very concerning. The free throw discrepancy is something you look at for the Bucs. Uh, they, they still shoot 28 free throws a game on back-to-backs and hold opponents under 20. Celtics never get to the line. But yeah, the three-point shooting is what it has allowed Boston to hang in these games and what has forced all of them over, really, in the regular season. Uh, they've hit, they're hitting about 18 threes at, eight, at 38% in these recent ones to hang with the Bucks, who are scoring 125 at home their last three against the Celtics. So right. certainly some over numbers to look at, but I look at the road home splits for the Celtics since the start of January, they're 13 and 10 on the road. Um, everything is worse. Defense is worse. Scoring is worse. Three point percentage, three point three points worse. And in their last nine road games in particular, only 34% from deep uh, in the, in those ones. So the Bucks, you know, this year kind of changing it up to both defend the three point line and the interior. Uh, they've shown the ability to do that on back to backs, partially because Bud has done a good job, you know, with rest and management and everything. And, the, while those guys, Drew and, and Giannis, did carry a relatively big load yesterday against Indy, I mean, it's it's not really that physical of a game. I mean, facing a team of rookies in, in the Pacers there, I uh, think they will be up for this game in terms of one more. Um, and, yeah, I'm not betting against Giannis right now. I, I feel fine betting against the Celtics on the road because they're just still kind of mired in this malaise. Like, just because they beat the Kings once, I don't think we can trust them uh, you know, after the coming home and smashing the Pacers and Spurs, like I don't, I just still don't trust this team to finish the regular season strong. There's definitely something going on with them. It, it does seem that way. And some of the chatter in, in Boston, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which God help you if you have to listen to Boston radio sometimes, Boston sports radio. No, just kidding. But if you are, you're probably hearing a lot of guys mad at Joe Missoula right now, which I don't know how that, that turn happened so quickly. Um, but I don't know if, if, if it's necessarily him, quote unquote, losing the locker room. There's been a, lot, a somewhat of a, a seemingly lack of, of effort on defense. I will say that. I know their, their rating has been a bit higher than, you know, especially since Rob Williams came back and that's fine he erases a lot of the deficiencies but the effort didn't seem to quite be there uh, against the Wizards for sure and and then you know you, you talk about the the three-point shooting variance for this team potentially you know coming back to, to haunt them a bit if they're not going to be able to score other ways at the same time we saw Jason Tatum sort of start to attack a bit more in the playoffs before he got to the uh, to the finals anyway in a way that really helped them even though he, he had some up and down games you know I, I think that is a huge part of this is are you attacking for, for the Celtics versus just not necessarily settling but relying on three-pointers to, to carry you. And, and this one, I think the Bucks just come ready to play. I, I don't think they're too concerned with that game last night. Uh, and in this one, they're, they're, they're going to be rearing a go. So two and a half feels right. Um, but let's go ahead, Nate, and jump right into the Pelicans uh, and the Nuggets and some of the lines that we have in this one. Yeah, I, I like Pelicans to cover here. I think it opened larger than this, but it's plus six and a half at this point. And it's certainly a desperation factor that the Nuggets don't have, right? I mean, they they're talking about Joker being questionable with the calf and it's a back-to-back situation for him. So he might sit this one. He might sit the next one. That's obviously massive news. Um, and that would certainly help 
if you if you're taking the Pelicans to cover here, but I think they can cover even if Jokic is out there. Uh, I like what Jonas Valanciunas has been doing lately. I know he got kind of run off the floor by the Warriors, the small ball Warriors, and, and that's going to be, be a hit. But I mean, if Jokic is out there, that means he gets to play, and he's been a huge part of their offense lately. The Pels, who granted they played some pretty bad competition in five games before that Golden State game, but up to 121 offensive rating, hitting 13 threes at 45% almost, which is huge for a team that that has struggled from downtown all year. Trey Murphy coming on strong and 30 assists to 14 turnovers. Um, You know, a really balanced scoring effort at times. Also have a guy in Ingram who can just get his own shot. Am concerned about CJ McCollum's hand injury at this point. I mean, he's been cold in his last seven. His usage rate has actually dropped below where Valanciunas is. So that's why, I think it's it's fine to look at, at Jonas's props and, um, you know, it's fine if Jokic is playing. And we'll see what the big Lithuanian can do uh, against the big Serbian. But looking at the Pels, I mean, I'm really impressed with what they did in Golden State. And it's, it's which, which is to say they got up by 20 in a game that mattered a ton for both teams. In a game where Draymond was trying to, you know, light light a fire, like test the young the young guys and and see if they were re- really about that kind of playoff mentality, and they did respond. It's just that then Steph said, "All right, give me the ball. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna light fires all over this defense as he always does." And it didn't matter that the Pels are the number one three point defense because he's just hitting absurd shots and the Avalanche starts. But now, you know, you got a little bit more desperation. You got a team that really needs to, to move above 500 here uh, in an incredibly tight race in the Western Conference. And then the Nuggets are, are like five games ahead for the one seed. Um, have no real motivation to try to close this one out. It's another situation where, like the Celtics, like I'm not buying that they got right just because they won four in a row against some bad teams or, you know, some of them bad teams. They got the Bucks on a back-to-back. That was impressive, sure. But they had dropped five out of six, um, and including at home, against physical, low-scoring teams like the Bulls and the Raptors. And that's what the Pelicans are at this point. Um, but now playing a little bit of better offense um, and showing the ability to to hang with, with the top teams in the West, at least, you know, hanging with Golden State, wound up not covering, uh, but I don't think, you know, I think that's more of a Steph anomaly than anything. Yeah, I I love the play-in tournament, Nate. It's making the the games much more fun. It's just making them so hard to pick (laughs) um, because that is sort of the biggest factor uh, in tonight's game and, and, and picking the Pelicans to, to cover six and a half, which I, I agree. And, and I really, you know, didn't hit it early enough, to be honest with you. I was pretty tired last night. And by the time I was really looking at these lines, I was ready for sleep and didn't feel confident enough to just hit the Pellies at like nine and a half, but probably should have. Um, it's already been bet down, mostly because I think you're just kind of like people are let's just get ahead of Joker not playing. It's also the care factor there about the MVP award. Like how much does he? I don't know how to take that into consideration when everything that I read about the, this team is that he doesn't care. He's over it because he doesn't like the, the the sort of volatility and hostility that was created around the conversation of MVP. Um, and, and he wasn't a fan of that. So all of it is just sort of a turnoff for him. He, I mean, he, he doesn't even accept the award in the States. He just goes home so he can ride horses uh, and, and 
receives the award there with his family, which is awesome. So my, my main point is it's just really difficult to predict. So fun for fans, not as fun for betters when, when you're talking about everybody's either, you know, being in this a little bit, right. So still having like 13 or at this point, 11 teams in the West, but that does just make it even more so, you know, so that a team like the Pelicans is going to come out and, and do what they can in that dubs game. They were winning, right. They, they were up by 20 points in the first half. The dubs outscored them by 28 in the second half and ended up winning by 19. Um, so th- th- that 19 point loss is just not exactly what happened. It was just basically like seven and a half minutes of Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson and even Jordan Poole being unconscious. So that's not necessarily going to be the case in this one. And, and I, I really, you know, for, for the other, for the second bet here, I, I'm really looking at the, uh, the total and I'm just going to be staying on what happens with Joker? If Joker's in this 227 and a half, you got to get on it immediately. You got to hit it as soon as you can um, in terms of the over, in my opinion. Like this team's going to score 122 uh, if Joker's on the floor for them in that building. If he's not, uh, if you look at what they do without him, it's we're looking at about 105 and a half points per game for this Nuggets team against a Pelly's team that is really good at defense and did limit the Warriors to like 48 points in the first half. And then they just didn't keep playing defense. And the dubs end up with 130 by scoring like whatever, you know, close to 90 points in the second half. So that that also was a little bit of fatigue. There's there are not three three point shooters with the equivalency of uh, uh, three point uh, you know uh, capabilities of pool clay and, and Steph um, who all just vibe off each other at that point. Once it was just like a, a barrage, a compounding barrage of, of threes because they're all feeling off of each other's, you know, hot uh, sh- shooting uh, stats last game. But as far as this one, like that's not going to be the case for the nuggets. If, if Joker, even if Joker plays, um, you know, th- there's still the possibility that he doesn't care quite as much in which case, maybe you're looking a little bit more at a guy like Jamal Murray, who I think we'll talk about in player props video as well. Uh, just because of the fact that the Pelicans, this is a position you can get some points on. Jose uh, Grand Theft Alvarado is not going to be in there, and he dropped 38 on them in that other game, right? And and no Zion as well, which also leads to fewer points for a good defensive team. So the total, I, I wish I could just say do this, do that, but for, for me, it's really just I'm looking at it. If Joker's in, I'm going to go ahead and hit it before it goes back up. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of talking myself, Nate, and tell me what you think. Like, I'm kind of talking myself into the fact that if this does, if Joker does come back in this game and all of a sudden this total just starts rising to like 231, 232 and a half, but we don't necessarily think Joker cares about this game too much. Is that maybe the potential uh, time to zag and, and take a, an under at that point? Yeah, I, I'm leaning under in most Pelicans games at this point. Um, I, I think, yeah, I would worry about it if, if Jokic is going to play. I think there's a good chance he does sit, though. Um, I mean, with the back-to-back against the Suns and then Sunday game against the Warriors, so those are definitely bigger games to have him out there for. And, and yeah, the care factor might not be the, as much tonight. Um, so, yeah, if you can get it now at, at a higher total and, and take the under, one thing you can do is FanDuel, you know, the money line and total parlay, it doesn't move. So it's 231.5 still. For the Pelicans to win and it to go under at plus 390. Um, so that's probably where I would lean here and just then hope, hope, hope you get that notice that Jokic is going to sit tonight. And then, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past the Pels to be able to win this game, even if he plays. Like I said, I'm, I'm very impressed with how they played in Golden State. And any team can lose at home at the Chase Center if Steph Curry goes off. But this is closer to that feisty Pelicans team we saw at the end of last season where they will jump up and bite really good teams, especially if they don't have their focus and they don't have the motivation like the Nuggets probably don't tonight. So 
that's where I'm leaning. Yeah, is is the Pelicans to win or cover in a lower scoring game? Yeah, and it's still going down uh, as we're talking. Right as we started, this video is two twenty seven and a half. It's two twenty six and a half right now, um, with good odds on the under, obviously because it's still getting lower and lower. Uh, but we'll see what happens where that total goes and and how the the Joker news impacts this game. You know. I wish it was as easy as saying just wait for the news, but like it could be 15 minutes before game time and we still don't know, uh, in which case like you don't always have to make every single bet. Um, and, and either way, especially if Joker's not in six and a half, great, great uh, number there for, for the Pels who really, really need this game as we talk about uh, as we're coming down to the wire here in the standings. And I believe they're ninth in the West, you know, and it's, love to rise a little bit higher. And that's very much uh, in, in uh, available to them as the uh, Timberwolves are only half a game ahead of them in seventh. And the sixth place team is only one and a half games ahead of them as well so you're listening to the lines.com podcast network looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top u.s sports books all in one place then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust check out the lines.com nfl megapod as matt brown steven andrus and adam candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate join the coast to coast podcast crew mondays through fridays as nate weitzer and josh lander bring you the best player props and game lines for major league baseball the nba and the nfl and tune in to beat the closing line twice a week as nicole russo mo nawara and eli hershkovich dive into nfl opening lines plus special guests from the sports betting world so subscribe rate and review to the lines podcast network the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 5 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. We're going to jump right into our first pick here, Nate, that you are liking in uh, that Giannis, excuse well, it is Giannis, and it's in that Boston and uh, Bucks game. Yeah, 31 and a half points for Giannis is minus 110 at DK, whereas other books have him at 32 and a half, uh, same odds. So if you can find that at the best odds there, um, I also like some player performance doubles for Giannis because 30 plus in a win is at least plus 150, and a double-double in a win, which is almost a guarantee with the, the way he rebounds, is even money. And I think the Bucks are going to win. You can watch the game video to see why we explain. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, you see the motivation from Giannis in really any game, but especially in these like high-profile games. Against Boston, he had played pretty poorly in the regular season until his last one where he had 36, 13, and 9, and 8 turnovers, by the way, kind of forcing it with a 40% usage rate, but got to the line 19 times, played 46 minutes. And those are the numbers I'm looking at. I mean, granted, like Boston's B, B team or C team was out there because it was a back-to-back for them. 
But it's just the aggressiveness and the motivation and the minutes for Giannis uh, that you're trying to follow here. Because in 12 games since his, since he came back from that uh, wrist, he's averaging 31 points in 31 minutes. Like So if he plays 36 minutes, what do you think is going to happen uh, in in at home since the Bucks went on this heater, 32.5 points, 12.5 rebounds in just 31 minutes per game. If you trust Boston to keep it reasonably close, I mean, we're talking about a, a two-point spread here, then I'm, I'm following the minutes, assuming Giannis is going to continue to score. Um, Rob Williams is on a minutes limit for Boston. Grant Williams is sick and might not be able to play or might not be as full Um <clears throat> go here and he was actually really good in in the playoffs defending Giannis he just getting into his body um in the last three regular season games against Boston at home Bucks offense has exploded these have all been going over they've scored 125 and Giannis has scored 33.7 playing 38 minutes per game so it's exactly what I'm talking about he's gonna get the minutes he should be scoring yeah, no, I mean it's it's Giannis versus this Celtics team. It's Giannis looking to to clinch the one seed for his Bucks, and uh, you know, <laughs> I don't think he's necessarily jealous that Drew Holiday had fifty one points last night, but maybe there was some internal understanding that uh, Giannis was not going to try too hard. I say that he had a thirty one point triple double <laughs> with seventeen rebounds, so it's tough to, to predict when he's not trying. Uh, yeah, thirty eight points in thirty two minutes. Yeah, yeah, thirty eight a thirty eight point triple double. <laughs> I shortchanged him, and then Drew had 51. They're going to have Chris Middleton back tonight, uh, and they've looked pretty good with him as well, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be eating into anything that Giannis does against his team. There's m many more answers on Boston for Chris Middleton than there are for Giannis. Uh, that goes for across the league as well. So uh, I'm going to talk about that other game real quick and talk about Jamal Murray, 20 and a half points. I'm taking it right now, uh, minus 105 on DraftKings, good odds there. And, and I'm hitting it because I, whether... Jokic plays or not, which is really the the storyline of this game before tip, right? And we talked about that in the game video where the total, we kind of like an under even, I mean, it's already down to 226 and a half. So steady as she goes, I'm not saying just go ahead and hit the, the under right now, but like we like less points if, especially if Joker doesn't play. So if Joker doesn't play, I'm getting ahead of, of Murray getting over 20 points for sure. If Joker does play still highly likely that, that Murray can get over 20 points in this game without Joker this season. I mean, 22 points a game and eight assists in his last 10 without Joker. That's more like 24 and a half points uh, without, without him uh, as he was obviously ramping up a little bit more slowly at the start of the season was Jamal Murray. Uh, he, his usage rate obviously goes up. Uh, it goes up to about 29% in the last eight without Jokic uh, versus like 25% with him on the season. Um, and then at, for the last, uh, for the Pelicans, you know, not necessarily as good versus point guards, no Jose Alvarado as well. It helps, you know, whomever's playing point guard, which will be Jamal Murray for, for the Nuggets uh, in their last seven, giving up the six most points per game. Uh, they are limiting assists to, to point guards. They're kind of limiting assists in general, um, but they've also been just playing awful point guards and the fact that they're still giving up points. I mean, KPJ on the uh, on the, the Rockets played him twice. Obviously, that's a scoring point guard and you've played Steph, but like you've also played Portland twice in the Spurs uh, and you Dame was not out there, I assure you, uh, and neither was Tony Parker for the Spurs. So it's not like they had anybody play a uh, solid point guard for any of those teams that still got, like I said, the six most points against them at about 27 a game for for, for point guards there. Um, and, and yeah, Murray's just making sort of a, an uptick lately, getting ready for the playoffs in his last five. 
five. He's hit this prop four times. He's averaged 24 and a half points as well. Uh, and that's exactly what he's averaged versus the Pels in his last four versus them, where he's he's shooting 48% from the field, but 44 from deep as well in 37 minutes versus this team the last four times he's played them, uh, including a 32-point outburst that he had earlier this season against them. So I just think it's a really good matchup for him in a situation where even if Joker's playing, I think he'll be looking to dime up and Murray should get those points. But this is the best way to to short Jokic not playing, right? Is to just also take bad. the Murray prop right now, and you're still probably good, like you're saying, even if he doesn't play. But if uh, even if he does play, but yeah, obviously huge usage if he's not if he doesn't have the MVP in there. I I don't necessarily know how to feel about Jonas Valanciunas if Joker plays versus doesn't play. He's really had some weird fluctuating minutes against Denver in his last few. I will say this season in January, when he only played 19 minutes, it was probably more about his knee and calf issues, which he seems to be past at this point. He was really cooking in six games and a big reason for the Pelicans winning uh, five straight, uh, averaging 18 points and 16 rebounds in those six games before slowing down against Golden State. And that's why I think his props are low. So I'm taking over 14 and a half points or over 10 and a half rebounds, a little more confidence in the rebounds even um given his his stature there but the usage rate has really gone up because cj mccollum is dealing with a hand injury uh so you see a 24 percent usage rate for Jonas in his last seven versus 22 percent for cj cj only getting 18 points per game and yeah Jonas putting up those big double doubles uh inconsistent minutes like i said in his last few against denver joker didn't play in a couple of those zion did play uh so different factors to account for the previous three though when he's matching up with the joker 21 points per game 11 rebounds three assists in nearly 34 minutes per game so it's again a situation where i follow the minutes if i think he's going to get around 30 i think he's pretty much a lock for a double double uh and, and probably 11 boards or more and uh, so I'm willing to take that with with probably about the confidence of half a unit. I would say like two units on the Giannis bet tonight. So a uh, little bit of a hedge here on the second pick. I like it. No, I, I really like that because I love Joe Val. The, the, the fluctuation scares me. It didn't scare me the last time I took Joe Val with his points and rebounds because that was uh, against the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> so a little bit of a different situation, but the Nuggets aren't exactly world beaters against centers. I mean, come on, joke. The, the biggest knock on the Joker is just his inability to, to guard. I mean, the other best centers in the league. I don't want to shortchange him too much on defense, but uh, for Joe Val tonight in a situation where once again, not sure we're going to get the best version of Nikola Jokic if he even plays tonight. Uh, so I think you feel pretty good about Joval coming in. And uh, if he has to, taking on Thomas Bryant, I guess. Uh, man, that, that dude does not give him minutes. Zeke, not, uh, you know, Najee as well, uh, probably not big enough to handle uh, the big Lithuanian. So um, I'm going to close things out here with our final pick, Papa Al, as we call him, Mr. Al Horford. Starting with the points, eight and a half, very low in in our opinion, I almost said mine, but let's say ours, minus 113 on FanDuel. You can look at the threes, two and a half, plus 125 for the big man. I think, you know, what's interesting is, is Rob Will playing? And and one, if Rob Will's not playing, then that's probably even more minutes for Papa Al, who already gets a lot of minutes against this Milwaukee Bucks team because of his defense. Um, and then you've got the fact that if he's playing center, 
the Bucks are a little worse against centers. I mean, in the last seven, especially, uh, they're giving up uh, a ton of points to, to centers. I think the fourth most uh, to that position since yeah, the last seven games. Uh, you can get boards against them as well on the season as well. Centers getting getting some pretty good rebound numbers, um, which is surprising because Brooke Lopez is, is favorite for defensive player of the year. Um, but that is the position that's been doing decently well against them. And and I think if, if Papa Al is a little bit more in that you know position of a playing center with or without Rob Will, that does help you a little bit. He usually hits the same spots on the floor from offense anyway right and that is why you can probably like the threes a bit if he can get to that corner uh the the wing rather uh and get out there where he hits a, a lot of those and all those corner ones I man he's lethal from there so um the eight and a half points is just low i mean since the all-star break 11 points per game he's also got about uh, more than six boards and four assists per game uh he's at about a plus 48 for this team when he's on the floor so you know he's going to be there those that's in 30 and a half minutes um in his last five he's actually been down a few minutes down to just 26 but he's still hitting more than two threes a game, just about 2.2, right? And he's, that's at about 39% uh, for the big man. So he's, he's still shooting and getting his shots up, even though he's, hasn't even hit 30 minutes in those last five on average. Um, and then versus the Bucks, we know he gets minutes. Like I said, he's got to D up against that huge front court. Uh, in the last two against them, 10.5 points per game in 32 minutes. Uh, and two and a half threes, 45.5% from deep. Um, so some really good shooting numbers because he is sort of the last man on that rotation when they're passing the ball around the wing against the Bucks. Uh, often when, whether he's on the wing or in the corner, like I said. Uh, and, and I'll let you talk about the head nod game uh, for our boy when he had 30 points on 11 of 14 okay. field goals shaking his big beautiful haitian head talk about that for a minute uh, he's dominican first of dominican, all dominican excuse me god that was terrible my country. bad dominican dominican uh but yeah he he it was when Giannis dunked on him gave him the stare down got the tech and then horford proceeded to dominate the rest of the game and route to 30 points and then he went ice cold in that series uh, as the bucks kind of just ran him off the three point line so that's the one thing to give you pause here but I like what you said about being the last man in the rotation here. Um, if the Celtics are able to move the ball around and play the way they, they're capable of, they can get good looks against the Bucks, who, while they've been better against the three this year, is still giving up 38% in a recent stretch at home. So the plus odds on him to hit three threes, don't hate it. Uh, but it's another situation, yes, once again, where I'm just looking to follow the minutes. I think Rob, if he does play, he's probably only playing around 18 to 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And Al can play power forward, especially when you're talking about a Bucks team that that's big all the time. So yeah. the Celtics almost, you know, kind of saving him for this one. If you say see that he's played 26 minutes per game his last five, but now he's going to come in and definitely get, I think, north of 30 minutes against Giannis and company. Yeah, and it, they've played a few smaller teams as well. And I, like you said, I, I think at, at at the ripe old age of what, like 36 or so, 37, uh, Papa Al Horford is definitely, uh, you know, someone that they're looking to conserve as they go into the playoffs as well. But this is a game that it's the last ditch effort. And and I think, you know, if, if they're going to get that one seed, I think they still want it enough. We'll see. But we do like the Bucks minus two and a half in this one. So and that is all the time we have for you today. Continue to follow along, like, and subscribe. We got both game videos up for you as well. So until we see you next, happy betting.